Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast powered by the War Report. It's Thursday. As always, joining me on Thursdays is my girl, Brandy Mack, and my guy, Auburn Memes. It's game week. Before we get into it, quick word from our sponsors. Treat your boys. Chill Boys Underwear is designed for maximum comfort with enough space to keep you cool, calm, and comfortable. Chill Boys Underwear will help you keep the boys close, uh, not too close. When the game is on the line, you won't break a sweat with Chill Boys Underwear. Whether it's left boy, right boy, or both boys, Chill Boys provides your boys comfort like you've never felt. Visit chillboys.com and use code RAPPORT, that's R-A-P-P-O-R-T, and get 15% off of your order. Maximize your chill with Chill Boys. You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. Guys, football is back. We got some really shitty football last weekend. All the good football is this weekend. Auburn takes on Mercer at home to open year two of the Brian Harson era on the Plains. Today, I want to have a quick discussion about what result Saturday would make Auburn fans feel good about the rest of the season and what would make you nervous in the lead up to Penn State. So, uh, lots of storylines. TJ Finley was named the starting quarterback this week for game one. Uh, I think that a lot of the talk of it is a little overblown. It sounded to me when you read between the lines that Harson is saying, hey, a lot can change, but for right now, this, these are our starters. Guys have to continue to compete as the season goes on. TJ Finley competed all offseason and won the right to go out there first at quarterback with Robbie Ashford at the two. Let's talk quarterback for a second. What do we need to see from TJ Finley, guys, on Saturday to make you feel good about the offense headed into the rest of the season? Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready. I'm ready for it. So okay. it's well known. I went to the practice last Saturday. Really good time. And I took a ton of videos and I really wanted to see everything firsthand. I guess I was just sick of trying to make, I was sick of trying to just make secondhand opinions from just 
so much stuff out there because there's just so much mud in that water. I wanted the most clarity I could see with my eyes. And I mean, it was nearly two hour practice. I uh, sat with a friend of the program, Lance Stahl, and he's been doing a good bit of these practices. So he's got a pretty sharp eye for a lot of things that uh, I wasn't able to catch up on. So he was really helpful for just being a good reference for a lot of these things to make what I guess trying to convey some opinions much sharper. So as I'm there, naturally, all eyes on the quarterbacks. As we'll probably talk about later, TJ looked the sharpest out of all the guys there. He looked very consistent. <clears throat> he looked really good. And of course, Robbie showed you some really good things as well. Calzada has some inconsistencies, but he's could he could zip the ball. And of course, Holden, future's looking bright in his hands. But my thing that I saw about TJ, and I've been talking about it, and I've got some flack for it. I posted videos having my back. <laughs> And TJ has said it. Okay. TJ is working on those legs. Okay. The whole statue TJ narrative, that's done. TJ's going to make plays with his legs. He's going to make plays with his arms. He's going to help out a line that may or may not struggle. We don't know yet. Reports aren't looking great. I'm looking forward to just TJ looking like that complete package. And I hate to kind of say it. I hate to make this comparison. But the first two games last season, Bo and the offense just lit it up. Now there was some drop off. Keep that level of Light up, no errors, making plays people don't expect you to play. Silence everybody. This was the guy. The coaches got it. We got to start flipping the narrative of Auburn and just get that get to get the pair get the get the narrative shifting back in the direction it needs to get to for these coaches, these players, and this team. And let's get people back on board. Let's shove all the bad news out of the national media shut all the rivals up, and let's just win some games. Starting game one. One to know, as they say. Brandy, talk to us here. TJ Finley, what do you need to see? Now, you're you're our betting gal. So, what what do you need to see from TJ, or what do you expect from TJ if you were betting on this game confidently? I know there's a, not a line out. We tried to find it, but there's not a line yeah, right now. Yeah, there's not a line out on um, legal sports books for some reason, but um, I need to see under five minus plays. Um, on TJ. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I want, I want to see that. And then I want to see a QBR that is higher than 70. And I think okay. both of those things should be attainable against a team like Mercer. And then from an overall perspective, I want to see a three plus touchdown win by Auburn. There's no reason why we shouldn't be able to do that. I want to see some explosive plays on the offensive front. And I want to see, not only do I want to see TJ do really well, but if we are up, by a lot i would like to see robbie get some action on the field um i want to see that i want to see what he's all about you know we haven't actually seen him play a game in college yet we've only heard through the grapevine or you know through fall camp open practices whatever so i want to see some good consistency from tj on that front and then if we can get that good consistency from tj that should open the door for us to see something from robbie too so Hopefully we can get both of those things. Oh, well, Brandy says she wants that good good from TJ and Robbie. But let me ask you this, because you're saying minus five plays. Uh, talk us through that. Uh, this, uh, define a minus play here. Yeah, so a minus play would be, you know, basically losing yards okay. um, on a play. But a, but a sack can can cannot be on the quarterback, though. So define this for us. Wait, say that again. Like a sack, a sack can happen, but it cannot be on the quarterback, right? Like right. same with the yeah. So like, like minus plays he's responsible for, or yeah, minus plays TJ's responsible for. Obviously, an interception, a fumble, like those kinds of things are obviously minus plays. 
if he's getting on his legs and losing yardage, that's minus plays on his Not part. Not doing it. Not doing it? <laughs> new TJ. This new, new TJ. TJ. Okay. Well, those are things I don't want to see. And, and if those happen, I want to see less than five of those types of plays. Memes is bursting at the seams here. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> so real quick, I was going to ask you guys. If if you don't heard this, have y'all heard the, his personal goal for himself? He said he had it written in his written written in his room. No, I, I missed it. I missed it. But y'all. he says he wants to for the season seventy plus percent completion. What? Listen, Auburn's winning the West if this happens. I'll tell you that's, this right now. That's the goal he set for himself. Now, that's a great goal. That is a great goal, and I I want to explain to everybody. How great a goal 70% plus would be on the season. Now, last year, if we go back and we look at the quarterbacks in the SEC, um, I'm going to look at the at the leaders here at quarterback, at QB for passing, right? Completion percentage in the SEC. There was one guy that was plus 70%, and that was Will Rogers. He had a historic season in terms of completion percentage. That guy, he just d- didn't miss. He didn't miss it all. Now, he was under the least amount of pressure, but they also throw the ball faster than anybody in the history of college football on a Mike Leach offense. Second, 2019, Joe Burrow was uh, 76. Right, so. and Mac Jones was I edged him out, I think, uh, in 2021. But uh, second was Hendon Hooker at 68.2%. Third, Matt Corral, four, KJ Jefferson, Five, Bryce Young at 66.9, Will Levis at 66.7, Connor Bazelik at 66.5, 65.3, and Emory Jones at 64.7, was eighth in the league. Stetson Bennett, national champion, was 64.5. Now, I have maintained for a long time, Memes, that to be competitive in this league, you need a quarterback that's in the mid-60s in terms of completion percentage. That will get that'll put you right in the middle of the pack. It might not. It might not win you. It'll win you some close games and it'll lose you some close games, but you'll at least be in contention. Now, for years, we struggled with a quarterback who was minus 60%. So we lost a lot of games because the quarterback just couldn't muster those it plays enough. And when I say it plays, I mean regular ass throws. Wide open Anthony Schwartz down the field. If TJ can hit those plays on the way 70%, I mean, it's a great goal. I would be happy with 66, 66 percent, because that's what Bryce Young did last year. And he was running for his life. 66 percent. Auburn is in the hunt in November, baby. <laughs> so, uh, Brandy, help help me out here. You're the betting person. 66 percent completion percentage percentage. What, what do you think? What would that make Auburn from an odds on standpoint uh, to, to win the West? I mean, that, uh, that would make us really competitive, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Ten to one, maybe. Plus 1,000? I mean, if pr- probably, I mean, we're, we have some pretty long odds right now to win the West, like 125 <laughs> I, I to one right now. Yeah, to win the yeah. West. So I bet if, if we have someone under center that can have that completion percentage, like we would be more in the Mississippi State range for, for odds, which they're kind of like middle of the pack right now. Okay. All so, right. Yeah, I, you know, that's an awesome goal that TJ has, and I hope that he can achieve that because I feel like that means we would be doing something really good. Oh, man. Um, and that, that would be awesome. But, I mean, that, that I feel like that speaks to, you know, what TJ has in mind. Like, he wants to win, you know. He doesn't want to go out there and throw an interception. He doesn't want to go out there and look like crap, out, you know. like Yeah. 
he has goals and he wants to achieve them. So, but he said it. He said it in his press conference this week. I didn't come to Auburn to win the starting job. I came here to win the West. I love that mentality. Like that's, that's what he said. That's the kind of person that you want leading your team out there. Like you want that mentality. For sure. Now, whether it translates or not, a lot of SEC defenses are going to have a say in that, but he at least has the right mentality. Memes, social media, as always, you are the king of social media mood on Auburn Twitter. You know, what do you think the Twitter mob needs to to calm down, man? Like the TJ haters are out in full force, man. If you if you look at Twitter, it's literally I would sacrifice my firstborn to not have TJ Finley be the starting quarterback of this team or people seem to believe if he starts and he plays bad, we're going to be stuck with him the whole season, which I think is a little hangover from having Gus as coach. But like, you know, what, what, what does Twitter mob need to see to, to have a better attitude about this quarterback? Well, have I mentioned his place with his legs yet? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to hype that up. Uh, okay. stop. All right. And then, Oh, you better believe if he does it, if he gets like, Shoot, twenty rushing yards Saturday. Like y'all, y'all are gonna hear the end of it from me. He said he lost weight this this off season. He's looking good to, to that lost, regard. You yeah, can, you can see that he has too yeah. physically. Yeah, so that he could move a little bit. But go ahead. Yeah, man. and he and he mentioned that. But the people online, Twitter, the message boards, just every platform that people talk Auburn. I would I, I would say like there's been majority there have been people I've been a lot happier with like okay they're not as being tacky or it's just spiteful or negative and just ugly as they could be but on the flip side of the coin too there are a handful of people who they're just going to be ugly and negative no matter what and unfortunately those are out there but i do think the majority the skeptical majority is just there i mean we're talking we're walking through a land we're walking through a field full of landmines here and just the second something doesn't go wrong this thing is going to erupt with a chain reaction that's kind of the mood I've got. Like we're literally in the eye of a hurricane where everyone's like, okay, we're going to wait and see. We're going to take a deep breath. We're going to see how the, we'll trust the coaches. Like everyone's like, everybody's like really tame and mental until like the first easy and complete pass. And they just blow a stack though. Like we just got to keep on going, trust the players, trust the coaches, trust the development and know that they, and trust that they know what they're doing. So that's been the pulse of it right now. There's, uh, I think it's kind of good that it was hinted at that this was coming. So everybody kind of had a little bit of time to prepare in case there were some that were on the edge. Because the last game TJ started was the Birmingham Bowl. Before that, a very disappointing Iron Bowl. And then a South Carolina game that the year before, you absolutely torched at LSU. And then you laid an egg at Auburn. So there was that ill will. But I do think more people are willing to say, hey, you know what? We're, cut, we're leaving the past in the past. We're looking forward. We're riding with Auburn. We're riding with whoever QB1 is, TJ, Robbie, Calzada. It doesn't matter. We're all in. So I'm happy for that support, and I hope that through thick and thin, they can keep that up because these guys pay attention to it, and no one wants to have that, added, that uh, negative attitude be a shadow over them in the program. Young athletes need the tools for success on the field and on the court. And now more than ever, in the arena of business. In the new era of name, image, and likeness, Athletic Architects is here for young athletes and parents to help prepare for your financial futures. Let Athletic Architects start helping you build your house. Visit buildthehouse.com and let's build together. 
Yeah, I just the negativity I can't get with uh, every time we post something, uh, there's at least one random person who doesn't follow anybody that comes in to tell us that TJ Finley is a terrorist or, you know, TJ Finley stole my grandmother's cane or TJ Finley is responsible for all the problems that's wrong in my life. I, it just feels like that's how negative people are about this news. Now, we it's been said that the most popular guy on campus is always the backup quarterback. That's the guy everybody wants. Uh, it just so happens uh, Auburn has something very different at backup quarterback. Now, I want to talk scenarios here for Saturday in terms of QB play. I think this can go a couple ways. Uh, TJ plays well for a half, and then we see Robbie Ashford started the third quarter, right, if the game's out of hand. TJ plays mediocre but not terrible so they leave him out there to get him get him some more time to get in a rhythm because it is the first game of the season which i think that's robbie's worst nightmare as tj goes out there and he's kind of mediocre but not terrible and it's going to shorten the amount of playing time that he gets or tj stinks it up and the coaches immediately are like oh okay now you see how committed to this starting job we were let's put robbie in and see what he can do now how, you know, what do we have, you know, if you think back over Auburn history, uh, Jason Can- Campbell, Daniel Cobb, you know, there were people who were actually clamoring for Jeremy Johnson over Nick Marshall at some point. Um, what kind of mess would it be if TJ Finley goes out there and is okay, but not great? And then Robbie Ashford touches the field and just looks electric because he is the one that is hardest to evaluate because you cannot properly gauge what impact his legs will have on the game since the quarterbacks don't go live in camp. Like, you know, what, what does it do to the fan base if TJ's mediocre and then Robbie goes out there and just looks like the next coming of Lamar Jackson or something? I think that's actually a good problem to have. Okay. If Harson sees that in the next game, Robbie is the starter. Because if Robbie goes out there and proves what he has shown to be who he is as a quarterback in camp, what we've heard about him, and he can show that live, he can show that when he has, you know, a massive dude on the defense running straight towards him. Like if he can go out there and be electric and show them that, and then they reward him with a starting job because, you know, the guy that they named the starter was just mediocre. The guy that we thought was number two actually looked really freaking great. Like if if they go out there and name him the starter in game two after that, then I think that the fan base reaction would be really positive because I don't think as Auburn fans, at least under Gus, we have never seen something like that happen. And I think it would be really exciting as a fan to see like, oh, wow, QB2 is like really freaking good. Um, mm. Why don't we start him? We've I feel like if that were to have happened under a former under the former staff, you know, we we would have never gotten that opportunity to see that that player as a starter. If this staff can take that and say, oh, wow, you know, he actually is living up to everything he has been in camp. What we were worried about is is fine. Like, he looks awesome. Like, let's start him. So, one, I don't think that would be a mess. I actually think that's a good problem to have. Um, but I think the coaches and how they respond is really going to be uh, like a telltale sign of like how the fans will respond, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see whether it's more of a positive thing where we have two guys that can do the job or is it 
you know, hey, this guy's playing just well enough not to lose the job, but the other guy's showing a ton of potential. Memes, what you got? So I was thinking about that one. And my mind ran a bunch of different directions. <laughs> and that's something I've been having a lot of fun with. I've been playing just like ridiculous, like what if scenarios with what Auburn could potentially do this season. And I think my two favorites were Auburn wins. Uh, they make it to the playoffs. They beat UCF in the semis and then play Oregon in the finals against Bo. That was my one. That would be awesome scenario, which seemingly could get there too. Auburn goes eight and four, but they win all their conference games. Mm. So those are my two like absolutely bonkers scenarios. So let's go three here. Okay. I'll got my mind is already in that direction. Okay. And this would be a, I'm going to kind of go doomsday worst scenario. Like there's no way this could happen, but if it did, Oh my gosh, let's take it. Let's take a jump in the time machine. Let's go back to 2011, specifically the Florida game in 2011. Barrett Trotter, they pull Barrett Trotter. They throw Clint Mosley in. Clint Mosley, don't need to go too much further into that. Not the route to go. They throw Barrett Trotter in in the bowl game versus Virginia. Barrett Trotter absolutely lights it up, and everyone's sitting there scratching their head is like, maybe we should have let Barrett play a little bit longer than this guy. Well, scenario for here. What if that happens? TJ comes out. Maybe he's playing okay. He gets shaken up a few throws. He's just off mentally. He's not really doing it. Robbie does really well the first game. Robbie does pretty well the second game. They say, all right, well, you know what? We opened up the battle again. We're going to actually name Robbie the starter versus Penn State. Mm. Robbie goes in against Penn State and just starts looking absolutely terrible. Then we've got a 2011-2012 type of quarterback carousel. Okay, we're in the meat of the season. Our original starter wasn't doing it. We put in the young guy who was hot. He was playing hot against lower talent. More stakes. He's not as good now. Do we go back to TJ? Do we look to? Do we give Robbie more time? Do we start going down to Calzada? And then we have a true nightmare because at this point, we're in the meat of the season. We're in some heavy competition. What could happen? Now, I don't think that is a likely scenario, but to me, just the absolute worst-case scenario for quarterback would be something like that. We are in the meat of the season, and we have no idea which direction that we're wanting to go. I personally think it behooves the team that the starter week two is the guy. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, guys, uh, I want to close out today's pod playing a little game. The game is called Boss It Up, Toss It Up, or Loss It Up. Now, what does that mean? Well, Boss It Up. If they boss it up, it's a win. If they toss it up, we don't know. Obviously, loss it up speaks to our itself. This is uh, Auburn's schedule. We're taking a look. We're looking at Auburn's schedule. You're listening to a podcast, so you can't see it, but we can see it. Um, I've got Mercer in the boss it up category, but I want to get you guys on record right now about what games you feel like are guaranteed wins, what games we should all be worried about. It could go either way, and what games does Auburn automatically put in the L column? So you're looking at mine here. I got Mercer, San Jose State, Missouri, LSU, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, and Western Kentucky's bossing it up. Those are guaranteed wins. I don't give a damn what anybody says about those damn Mississippi schools. We're not losing to Mississippi State two years in a row, and Ole Miss got worse, and I think Auburn got better. So I see all those being wins. I think LSU is going to have a really, really tough time in year one. 
under Brian Kelly's like regime kind of culture change. So there's tons of talent down there, but I'm not sure that he has a quarterback. I don't think Jaden Daniels is going to be the guy that carries them to compete for the SEC West this year. Uh, and to toss it up, Colin, I got Texas A&M, Penn State, and Arkansas. The only reason I have Penn State here is because it's early in the season and this team still may be trying to find identity. If this were game six or seven, I would put it in the boss column because uh, Penn State has a lot that they're trying to atone for from last season. Jahan Dotson is gone. Sean Clifford is as mid as it gets. I know last year he had his best game of his career against Auburn. Um, And in Arkansas, I just don't see it. I just don't see Auburn losing to Arkansas. And I want to say it's been like since 2015 or something since they lost to Arkansas. It's been a long time. It's like seven years. Um, I, I put Georgia and Alabama. Those are the only guaranteed losses on the schedule that I see Brandy. Boss it up, toss it up, loss it up. What do you see? Yeah, for me, um, boss it up, obviously Mercer, San Jose State, Western Kentucky. I'm actually going to put boss it up with Texas A&M in there and okay. Arkansas. Um, I, th- You know, we play Texas A&M at home and they had a quarterback battle in their fall camp too. I think they're massively overrated by the media because of the talent that they brought in. And I don't think that talent's going to translate this year for them on the field. So I'm putting Texas A&M in my boss it up. I'm also putting Arkansas in my boss it up. Auburn's won six straight against this team. Um, And I just, I do not see us losing to Arkansas. KJ Jefferson, he's a great quarterback, Mm. but I don't think that their defense is all that great. KJ doesn't have his wide receiver one that he had last season in Traylon Burks anymore. And I just think Auburn can get the job done against Arkansas at home. I'm going to put... um, I'm going to put Ole Miss in the boss up as well. Um, Cause you okay. know, they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of um, turnover on their offense to kind of some question marks at quarterback for them. So I'm going to put that one there um, and I'm going to actually put and toss it up. I'm going to keep Penn state there. I agree with what you said. Um, if this, if this was um, later in the season, I would definitely have them in boss it up. But since we still have some question marks on offense on our side too, that's going to be toss it up for me. LSU, I'm actually going to put and toss it up um, Ooh, no matter. Okay. Yes. I mean, they, you know, they're a huge question mark. And I actually think they're a dark horse in the SEC because of this. Mm. So, yes, we play them at home, but we also play them early in the season, too. So we're going to be ending our home streak with LSU. And I really think this game is going to be closer than a lot of people might think. And Brian Kelly does know what he's doing, as weird and goofy as he is. He is a good football coach. So okay. I'm putting LSU in a toss it up, and I'm actually going to put Mississippi State in a toss it up too. Um, I think that could be a trap game for us. We're going to be on the road, and obviously last season against Mississippi State did not end how we wanted it to, so we will have revenge on our mind. But um, Mike Leach always does well in his third season at a school, and this is his third season there. And for some reason, Auburn struggles in Starkville on the road. So... Mm. I'm putting that one in toss up and a big, a big part of that is because they're returning a lot of production um, as well as, as things already mentioned um, and the air raid, it's hard to stop that air raid. So, sure. and then, and then I agree with you on, on the loss column, Georgia and Alabama, there. not much else to say about that. We're on the road. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, it'd be, teams it'd be, that were in the national championship last year. So yeah, it'd be sunshine pumping to put that anywhere else. I mean, I, I do think the iron bowl is kind of a toss it just because it's the iron bowl, but it's in Tuscaloosa this year. They haven't felt fared well there. Memes quickly tell me boss it, toss it, lost it. 
What does your schedule look like? Let's keep it. Let's keep it real here. The loss it going to be the same. Alabama, Georgia, pretty simple here. Boss for sure. Mercer, San Jose, Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I do want to swap some things. I'm going to be probably the only one to do this. It's okay. going to be. I'm moving Penn State from Toss to Boss. I'm okay. feeling good about that game. All right. Clifford is not going to have a NFL show out two years in a row. <clears throat> I am going to keep Missouri and Boss. We're going to keep the Ole Miss and Boss. As Brandy said, won't hit it too much. A lot of lot of uh, transfers in and out of that place. They still do not have uh, the quarterback situation going there. Obviously, Corral's not there. Big drop-off from 10 wins for Ole Miss. I think people are riding high on that. I don't necessarily love it. Auburn has never really had too much of a time playing in Oxford. Hadn't been too difficult of a road environment. Doesn't bother me too much there. Now, one I will flip is actually uh, I do want to move Mississippi State over to the Toss 2 for the exact same reasons Brandy said. It's at a weird place in the schedule. They have a ton of returners coming back. That air raid's wild, and Mississippi State's really high on themselves this year. I think that's going to be a very difficult road environment. Just they got the experience. Now, I would also, uh, I feel, I almost wish there was a category between toss and boss, but I'm leaving, I'm almost leaning toward LSU to the toss. Okay. Just because it's the rivalry game. And I'm Arkansas, I could kind of see going either way as well. I would actually lean more toward bossing with Arkansas just because it is after a bye week. But also, they that is a massive revenge game for them for nearly seven seasons. They want that win really, really bad. They're mad what happened to 2020. They're mad how they got embarrassed last year. Arkansas might really show up for that game and catch Auburn sleeping. If they're going to lose a home game, I think it would be that one. And, of course, we're going to keep A&M and Toss as well. All right. Well, listen, guys. The Mercer Bears come to the Plains to play the Auburn Tigers. We know they're going to be bossing it up this weekend. We hope they're going to be bossing it up this weekend. We're going to have a very different conversation next Thursday. Bossing it up with me every Thursday on the Auburn Express, powered by the War Report, is my girl Brandy Mack and my guy Auburn Memes. We'll be back at you guys next Thursday talking about what we saw this weekend. Guys, we're signing off. As always, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.